All right, guys, welcome to the Beers and Fears podcast, your horror movie review headquarters. I'm your host, Tucker Miller, and this is my co-host, Tanner Crawford. And today we are doing the long-awaited Insidious Chapter 2. Now, um, is, uh, is there, is there any... Uh, initial things you want to say about this film before we get into the breakdown, Tanner? This was a really good sequel. Like, really good. Sequels oh, yeah. suck, man. The only good sequels oh. like that the ever to exist are Aliens and Spider-Man 2. There are never going to be good sequels in the horror genre. This one was a pretty good one. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with you on that, dude. This, this, this movie had me hook, line, and sinker when I watched it. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) took a second (laughs) yeah uh, I definitely expected less and was pleasantly surprised so um, yeah without further ado we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to just jump right in if you don't mind Ooh, you better silence that phone, boy. I'll come over here and slap the shit out you. Shit. Fucking fool. Alright, so, movie opens up. It's 1986. Lorraine... Good year. Yeah, it's very tasty. (laughs) Lorraine Lambert summons uh, Elise Rainer. She's gonna come help out Josh. Because, you know, he's got that old lady chasing his nasty ass. And, uh, gross. (laughs) So, basically, it's a flashback to when Josh was a kid, and they're talking about suppressing his astral projection, and, uh, how they're like, this is gonna save him, and whatnot. And, so, it's basically like, here, let's catch you up. Because uh, you probably didn't know from the first movie because, you know, people forget shit or dumb. I wonder if this is like a euphemism, like, you know, like back in the day, like Christians, like, you know, like, hey, don't touch yourself because that's like the devil. What if this is like just the ultimate, like, if you touch your peener, you're going to see dead people and bring them into the house. Oh, so don't do it. She, she's not suppressing his astral projection. She's, yeah, well, suppre- I, she, she's suppressing his creamy projection. <laughs> yeah, I see. Astral projection is just like a like a like a little like you know, just euphemism to masturbation. Yeah. She's like, now we gotta stop the cummies, or the demons are gonna <laughs> get you. You ever, have you ever seen those crosses that are like that are like hold the kids' arms like out in like the holy position? It's like, hey, it's it's the don't touch yourself bed. <laughs> That's what they should have used. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know, it's just a short little scene basically explaining that um basically explaining that um uh that you know this is this is the same story still and it shows that 
there was actually another person there to help Josh. Is a, a guy named Carl who um, speaks to the dead with dice. And uh, so it was a pretty clever way of introducing a new character that was technically there the whole time. I also love how they didn't, you know, it, like the, the last one was such a cliffhanger because you're like, oh no, Josh is possessed. He, he's the, the, you know, the, the bright and black. But they, mm-hmm. they don't touch on it at the beginning of the movie. Any, I feel like every horror movie is like, oh, we're going to go ahead and resolve the cliffhanger right now so you can pay 20 minutes to see five minutes and be relieved. Yeah, no, they're, they're like, we're going to do a flashback and then they're going to come 25 years later. Um, Renee, the dumb bitch with the stupid spelling of her name, she's dumb. I fucking hate her. Um, she's being questioned by the cops because, you know, Elise is dead in her fucking living room. And, um, they're, they're, they're pretty fucking positive that Josh, uh, had murked this bitch. They're like, we're gonna find his fingerprints and they're gonna fucking, we're gonna fuck him up. We're gonna put him in jail. Bad boys, what you gonna, what you gonna, what you gonna do? And so, clearly they can't stay at their house because, you know, they're like investigating that shit. So they go stay at Lorraine's house, Josh's mom. Um, and so they start experiencing weird shit again. And, you know, she's like, what the fuck? And so, um, it cuts over to, uh, Spex and Tucker. And of course, this is immediately after the, the previous film. So like, not really much time has passed and, you know, they're bummed out about Elise and shit. And so they go, they go to like, check out her house and, uh, they discover Josh's videotape. Aged like a fine wine. Oh, yes. And it's the videotape of Elise helping Josh uh, during the initial investigation in which Josh is talking to some ghosty in the background. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And so they, they see someone standing there. That's not okay. Um, so, jump to the next morning, Dalton tells his mama that he's having bad dreams about a woman in a white dress, um, as well as, uh, he's hearing his, uh, dad talking to people who aren't there in the hallway. Dude, these scenes, these scenes were like, which I'm going to try to not spoil anything until we get to that point in the film, but like these points where Josh is talking to these, uh, the nothing really when oh man, they are, they're, they're slightly disturbing. Like they, they, they kind of make you feel on edge and I, I dig these scenes. Yeah. I, Patrick Wilson, the guy that plays him. I did not expect him to access his crazy side because I'm, uh, I've, you know, some of the movies that he's in, I mean, he, the, the, the one that I've seen, he was, uh, he was in Watchmen as Night mm-hmm. Owl. 
Watchmen, yep. and he was a fan of the opera as, as the the good guy. That was that was after after the woman that they you know wasn't had the fucked up face, but you wouldn't expect him to go like full on like Jack Nicholson, you know. But he did a really oh, yeah. good job accessing his crazy side. Oh yeah, dude, he's fucking bonkers in this movie. Um, which it's yeah, like you were saying, like it's it's kind of weird seeing it come from him, but he does it really well, and you're kind of like it, it gives you that that feeling of like this person is fucking bent. Like, Take notes, DC. I want to see Night Owl go crazy. <laughs> that would be pretty that'd be pretty cool. For real. Um so uh we're gonna fast forward just a little bit. Um eventually uh Renee receives a phone call from the police and they're like, So the fingerprints weren't Josh's which we all know from the first movie that the bitch in black is up in his butthole. And she she done she done, you know, shoved her hand up in there. She the puppeteer now. Hmm. And and so I'm assuming it was her fingerprints. Which, you know, make no fucking sense. But, you know, whatever. Ghosts and shit. Toasty ghosties. Um, so this is when an attack happens. The, that woman in the white dress that uh, Dalton says that he saw um, attacks Renee. And, um, you know, that goes down. Which... Y'all know how I feel about Renee. She's a bitch. I've, I hate her. Um, so then, you know, there's Josh and he's talking to another disembodied voice. Well, it's the same one. But uh, he's talking to the disembodied voice again. And it's like, yo, you got to kill your family. You got to kill these people. And uh, it's got to be done. And he's like, well, I don't want to. And I'm going to. But I don't want to. But I'm going to. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and, You're and, a little fat girl. Say it. <laughs> no. You're a Say little it. fat girl. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I'm a little fat girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Max and Tucker get a hold of Rain, and you know they they show her the tape. They're like, "Yo, that person in the background, that little itty bitty boy Josh was talking to, isn't that a big boy Josh in the background? Isn't that a the adult himself? The adult." And uh, so, like you know, they show it on the screen, and he's like, kind of like, uh, kind of like transparent. But it's fucking Josh standing there. And, uh, and so, like, you're like, ooh, ooh. He's, uh, he's kind of gone into the past. Ooh. Sorry. Jesus, oh, man. Tucker, get Excuse it together. Me. I'm dying here, man. And, um, and so they give good old Carl a call. And they're like, hey, man. We need to talk to Elise. And we think you're the only dude to do it. And so Carl's like, I, 
he gets his uh gets his good old spirit dice, gives him a good shakesy, shakesy, shakesy. And uh and so it tells them to go to this hospital that Lorraine used to work at. And uh they're like go uh, you know, he's like, Where are you? blah blah blah. And it's like go to this hospital. And um that you know, they go they go to the abandoned hospital to try to find answers and um when they get there Lorraine begins to remember and she she tells this story of a of a patient that was there. His name was uh Parker Crane. He he was there kind of like um basically like the Stevens unit, like the, the crazy side of the fucking hospital. Uh he was admitted because he had tried to castrate himself, you know, Chapa de Bala. And, uh, Jesus. Yeah. And so then, you know, it's showing her and and she's telling the story through like a flashback. And, uh, you know, she goes through a couple days of her shifts with, uh, Parker there and, uh, she sees him in the elevator and it's like super awkward. Like she's like, Oh, Parker, what are you doing out of bed? It's fucking weird. He's like in a trench coat, but he doesn't talk to her the whole time. Like, they just go down the elevator. He walks out, hangs an immediate left, and disappears off screen. And, uh, and she's like... You sound like such a bro. He hangs a left, like, catch you later, dude. <laughs> See ya, bruh. Gotta go catch <laughs> some waves. Yeah, it's totally tubular outside. Gotta go rip it up. All of a sudden, it's, it's really Drake Bell. It's totally Kyle. Whoa! Oh, my God! Uh, but so she's like goes to the reception and she's like yo or you know the the reception the the nurses area not reception desk but like you know the nurses area where they they got all their computers and shit and she's like yo uh why is parker out of bed like he's not he's not supposed to you know he's on bed rest and she's like uh what do you mean and she's like, well, I just went down the fucking elevator with him. He's like, bouncing. And she's like, nah, he bounced off the pavement because he jumped off the roof uh, yesterday. That motherfucker's dead. And so, you know, she's like, I've got chills. They're multiplying. And, you know, so, <laughs> so, some, you know, um, so you know some some spoopy things happen at the hospital. Nothing too crazy. Um, and so they're like, "That's it. We gotta go to Parker Crane's house." And so when they get there, they um, you know, they're going around the route. The house is fucking creepy, man. Like it's all fucking decrepit and. Yeah, it it just it's like this abandoned home, and uh, so they get there, and there's like a secret room, and so like they open it up, and like there's all these like uh, like linens, like cloths that look like they're draped over people, and they're walking around. 
And they're like, what the fuck is this? At first I thought you said Lennon, as in John Lennon. Could you imagine a room full of that many John Lennons? Holy uh, fuck. There would be issues. <laughs> there, I yep. mean, the creative differences in that room would be just, like, ridiculous. Yeah, like a, a war would open up. Like, <laughs> guns just... would be fired, fires would break out, the bodies would begin to pile. Yeah, they just, they just basically write the song Imagine over and over again, and they sing Give Peace a Chance at the End of the Day, every day. <laughs> I mean, you saw they were throwing up, the, the guys were throwing up in that scene, too, all, all the you know, the camera crew and everything, and I think that they would have had the same reaction if had it been a room full of John Lennon's because of, you know, B.O. <laughs> hey, that's just his uh, de natural. For fucking patchouli and shit. <laughs> <laughs> This scent is tobacco and patchouli, you fucking peasant. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very exquisite French scent. <laughs> so these uh, linens, they're draped over what seem to be pews full of uh, sitting up corpses. And like you said, you know, one of the guys, like, I think it was uh, uh, Tucker, maybe. And he lifts it up, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like you kind of you, you get a little peek under there, and it's like, yeah, a rotting corpse. Yeah, they're they're all bodies. But then they begin to see the outside pieces. There is a black wedding gown, and uh, a shitload of newspaper clippings, um. For a serial killer that they called the Bride in Black. And it was showing that clearly Parker was this serial killer. And uh, what he would do was he would uh, kidnap and murder young women while he dressed as a woman himself. Made himself look like an old lady. And, um, And so that's fucking terrifying. And then um, some weird shit kind of starts happening and uh, Carl starts shooting them spirit dice again and uh, come to find out it wasn't Elise they were speaking to but it was Parker Crane's mama mm. she she calls herself uh, the mother of death and um, you know like the house starts shaking and the earth starts quaking but uh you know, and you know, spoo- spoopy shit happens. They shit in their shit. Which, um, I will admit, and uh, I think I glossed over a scene. I think before they find that room, they find Parker Crane's childhood bedroom. Oh, in the further, right? Or is uh, that a different no, part? No, 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 um... Is that what happens? Wait. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. No. Uh, Specs and Specs and Tucker find it because oh, they okay. go. Up, they go upstairs and they're like, they open the door and there's like this room with like a bunch of like fucking like doll houses and shit. Like you know, a bunch of like little girl shit. And they're like walking around in there and they're like, "What? This is weird." <laughs> uh, and. It shows them both facing the camera, but then there's a, a little girl behind them, facing nope. the, uh, yeah, facing away. 
And uh, Specs turns around and he's like, ah, shit. Yo, T-Boy, look. Fuck. <laughs> and they slowly... T-Boy. <laughs> they slowly... They slowly turn around and uh, and the girl's like, um, you know, mommy wouldn't like it if you guys were in here. And they're like, oh, yeah? And they're like, yeah, she's going to fucking kill you. And they're like, oh, okay, time to go. <laughs> and, you know, they leave, you know, no harm comes to them at that at that scene and uh, and and so you know the the plot moves on and it jumps to scenes of uh Josh like looking in the mirror realizing that he's like starting to look a little worse for wear <laughs> be fucked yeah like a tooth comes out and shit, and he realizes that his body is deteriorating, and um, the the bitch in his head who's talking to him is like, "You have to kill them if you want to live forever. This body <laughs> is failing you." And I'm like, "Okay, so that's fucking logic. Like, that makes sense." I can just hear my can- mom saying, "Like, well, you should have fucking took care of it. Maybe you wouldn't need a fucking new one." Yeah, this like, is what well, happens when you don't brush your teeth. This is why we can't have nice things. Fucking, like, you break fucking everything. Now you gotta fix it. <laughs> fucking yeah. look at you. Look at you. You fucking disgust me. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll yeah, we'll get into like... childhood traumas later. That's a different episode for us <laughs> all together. <laughs> but yeah, so she's like, you have to kill him. And he's like, uh, I, I don't want to go back to the dying. I don't want to do it. You know, it starts whining. And uh, Renee quickly realizes that he's, he, that's not Josh. Like, he's fucking possessed. Um, and so, um, if I remember correctly, this is the part where yeah, 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 okay. Uh, this is the part where, like, this is where the crazy comes out. And Josh is like, that's it, Renee. I'm fucking killing you. And he, like, chases her down, fucking bashes her head into the wall and, like, starts choking her out on the floor. Oh, wait, hold on. I think there's there's something that we missed that I want to touch on just for a oh, second, just yeah, based what, on what, the Wikipedia description. What did we miss? So so basically, Lorraine is like, "Hey, you guys got to get away from Josh. He's a fucking psycho. Yeah. Don't fucking do that." I I just want to point out this this thing here because if you were to read the Wikipedia description, you would it this immediately made me want to watch the movie just to see this one part. It says, and I quote: "Lorraine insists that they all get away from Josh." Carl arrives to drug him, accompanied by Specs and Tucker, who stay in the van, repeatedly shouting, Quesadilla! <laughs> that right there, I'm like, I have to see it. There's just, yeah, there's yeah, no way. See, that's a, um, that's a, that's a really good, really good scene that, that I'll, uh, that comes up uh, pretty quickly after this, I'm, I'm sure. 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like Lorraine calls Renee and is like, yo, get away from him. And then like this ensues. And um, like Dalton comes into the rescue. He's like choking her out on the floor. And like Dalton like cracks him over the fucking head. The kid is a fucking champion. Like I will say as soon as he yeah, did like, that, I'm like, dude, you're my hero. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like Fuck he, that. He's like He's like, don't you fuck with my moment? Yeah, see, like, I wouldn't save Renee. I think she's bitchy, and her name is spelled dumb. Is he possessed by the spirit of so, Jonathan? Hey, don't fuck with me, mom. Hey, don't fuck with me, mom. But, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, we're fucking idiots. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, so Carl and Specs and Tucker decide that they they got to get to the... They gotta, they gotta, they gotta get to this guy Parker Crane, who was in the body, because they know, and they're like, "So what are we gonna do?" And they're like, "We're gonna drug him, we're gonna knock his ass out, so that Josh can like come back and shit." And so he's like, "Well, you know, uh, he's like he hasn't seen me in many years. I'm gonna go. I'll go talk to him. I'm gonna go talk to him about like Elise and how like I'm depressed and shit." And you guys stay in the van. The safe word is quesadilla. <laughs> That's where quesadilla comes in. Because, and there's a whole Specs and Tucker argument that I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave it for if someone has not seen this movie, they can go back and see it. This is the typical uh, argument that two best friends would have about what the fuck the safe word is. <laughs> And it's um, personally, I think it's pure gold. Okay, honestly, <laughs> why are Specs and Tucker me and you though? Not just because that guy's named Tucker, but the fact that at the end of the movie, he's standing at some uh, Tucker is or is standing at somebody's door, holding a fucking hot pocket, delivering the most grim news possible, but holding a fresh hot pocket. Oh yeah, that dude I has know. his priorities like, in order. Like, like. uh as a character, Tucker and I may share the same name, but that dude's my fucking spirit <laughs> animal, man. <laughs> Cracks me the fuck up. I love, I, I love that, that fucking character, man. It's like, it's so perfect. Absolutely. And, and so, anyways, um, he goes in. He's like, oh, you know, I heard Elise died. I. I'm just trying to pay my respects. I I didn't know blah blah blah. I knew you as a kid, and he's like okay. And so, um, Josh, aka Parker, I think I think he kind of notices something's up, but you think maybe he's getting away with it, but then, uh, like Carl finds like a tooth on the floor, and he's like ah oh, yeah see. He's like, my assumptions were correct. Because he's like, yeah, you know, like, why would you find a random ass fucking tooth on the floor? And he like picks it up. And I think it's fucking disgusting because it's like all rotted and shit. All rotted. All rotted. All rotted. I can't, um, I can't skirt. <laughs> Can you skirt? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. I ain't even going to attempt that. That's some stupid shit, Tanner. <laughs> Stop it. 
And and so like he's like, ah, let me get you a cup of water. And so like he goes over and he's like, he's got to prep his like syringe of like knockout drugs, his tranquilizer, and uh, all of a sudden he hears Josh's voice behind him. He's like, "What's got there? <laughs> Nothing." And and he like whips around real quick and he's like holding him behind my, he's holding the tranquilizer behind his back. He's like, yeah, it's what you got behind your back. And uh and he's like, Oh, it's my uh, it's my spirit dice. And I was like, at first at first I was like, Oh my god, he pulled it off. He did the ultimate fake on what's behind my back. But then you quickly realize that that's the not ultimate the case. got your nose. Uh, yeah, because like I was like, holy shit, he totally tricked him. Was like, oh nope, it's just my spirit dice, not this fucking big ass tranquilizer I'm about to shove up your ass. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's like, that's where it goes, right? He's like, oh, yeah, right, right up the whole speaker, oh, right up Main Street. Yep, just straight into the fucking log cutter. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, he's he's like, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you use those uh, those dice? Mommy tells me that you like using those dice. <sighs> like it kind of for like a second, like for a second, gives me a hint of like a like mafia scene where he's like, hey, Tony tells me you like it when you cut the salami. Why don't you show me? <laughs> How you cut the salami? Or I'll fucking Show me how you slap your ham. Uh, but no, um, Josh, aka Parker, likes uh, decides to show Carl that he's got a big ass fucking knife in his hand. Oh. He's like, "Why don't you roll the fucking dice, guy?" Uh, and he's like, oh, "Okay." And uh, he rolls the dice, and I can't for the fucking life of me remember what it says. But um, yeah. I'll leave that up to the yeah. imagination. Uh, it says basically, hey, Carl, you're going to fucking die. And so, oh, I remember what it was. He's like, hey, um, what's behind your back? And he's like, oh, it's my spirit dice. And he goes, hey, Josh, what's behind your back? And he goes, why don't you ask your spirit dice? And he's like, mother, mother tells me you're pretty good at those. And he's like, ah, yeah. And uh, he rolls the dice and it says knife. And uh, and then Josh proceeds to pounce on Carl. It says Mandor hand and car door. Epic old guy fight scene pops up. And, you know, they go at it. They go at it. And the whole time he's like, quesadilla! <laughs> quesadilla! Pico de gallo! And... Bio <laughs> enchiladas, enchiladas, queso, <laughs> and um, and Specs and Tucker are like, oh shit, that's the safe word, my man, and like they hop out the van and run in there, and um, I believe by the time they get there, Carl has been incapacitated, and. Uh, and then Specs and Tucker immediately get immobilized, which, you know, is not surprising. Uh, we would get immobilized in movies like this. 
Like we would go yeah, in like expect- full bore, like gung ho, and then just get our asses kicked. Yeah, just straight, straight handing of the asses to too us. many hot pockets. Uh, yeah, Specs gets like hit over the head and knocked down, and then Specs or and then Tucker gets the trank right, you know, administered to him, and uh, yeah, falls on top of Specs, and then you know, by the weight of Tucker, I would assume Specs would have died of asphyxiation, but he did not. And so he just kind of died, just a little. Yeah. And so, um, as as uh, Mr. Parker Crane is choking Carl to death, uh, Carl Carl wakes up uh, back in the spirit realm. You know, the place just before the further, and um, and he meets real Josh. He's like, "Hey, what up, guy?" Um, and, you know, uh, they talk for a little bit, finds out that Josh has been in here a fucking while. <laughs> Josh is just like, hey, man, everybody like, got obsessed to get a fucking beer around here, man. They're like, hey, we gotta go find Elise. Hey, we gotta go, uh, we gotta go, uh, get this bitch to fuck these guys up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, they go to the further, the the creepy fog place that's nothing but fog. Um, and you start to see the hauntings from the first movie begin to make sense in the second movie. Because they go along and they see... Um, the the scenes start lining up. They actually pull a few clips from the first movie, and like um, in, in Callie's room, where the evil, evil, uh, long haired spirit guy is uh, trying to get his daughter. Um, you see the scenes where uh, the door blows wide open, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Turns out Josh had kicked the door open, and. Um, he ran up there and fights the ghosty man. Um, basically, is overpowered. You know, he he, he kind of isn't the greatest fighter. Um, but Elise comes and saves the fucking day. She's like, "You get the fuck out of this house, guy!" And he's like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> you get the fuck uh, out of this house, sir, guy. I want to see like like, like hey. Minnesota State Trooper? Like, oh, what do we got hey here? There, guy. Hey there, we, guy. You stay right over there. We get along here, guy. Doesn't belong in this property. You better get out of here. You better get out of here. This ain't no Taco Tuesday, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you come back on Tuesday, maybe. <laughs> Tacos are good. Yeah, you're not supposed to play in the road, don't you know? You get the fuck out of here, guy. Go on, scat. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Elise is like, boom, get the fuck out of here. You know, comes in with it, with you, with her bad self. You know, <laughs> with her, with her bad self. <laughs> and she's like, go back to where you came. And he's like, okay, bye. Um, yeah. And so you start seeing that, like. The further and time don't really sync up. 
Like it's basically you go wherever you want when you're in the. Yeah, specifically, it, it says in the in the Wikipedia um, plot summary here that the mysterious events in the first film, as time moves non chronologically in the in, in the uh, in the further. So the way that we perceive time yeah. in the real world is linear, but everything in the further is like, well, you can just go wherever the fuck you want. I don't know. Who knows? Time space yeah. continuum. Yeah, basically. We're gonna throw that fucking theory out the window. Fuck you, Stephen Hawking. Okay, you were wrong. Wrong. Oh, hey, you remember that scene when I was talking about uh, fucking Dalton, like, cracking him over the head yes. and shit? I'm, I'm pretty sure that hadn't It didn't. Yet. That's why I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold up, back up. We hadn't even yeah. hit Quesadilla yeah. yet. Yeah, I see why you were, like, backing up, and I'm like, nah, but that's the next Listen, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah nah, you missed a whole it... paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary, which is basically, like, a half hour to 45 minutes of movie. We can't skip that hey, far ahead. hey. Hey, how about how about uh, I am the captain now, <laughs> and you you go fuck yourself. You're now. good. Like, You're good. Like it fucking happens, man. <laughs> uh, I just I really liked that scene. And I wanted to get to it. Me too. That scene was pretty badass. And, yeah, and so like, uh, Parker Crane, aka Nasty Josh, <laughs> uh, finally decides he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm killing everybody. Everybody's going to die. And uh, he starts going crazy. He's like, um, begins like trapping people in different parts of the house and shit. He, yeah, he's going like full blown uh, shining on this. Yeah, especially when he hits the door with a baseball bat. I'm like, that's a nice tribute to Mr. Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think he probably had done Jack Nicholson proud on that one. Because, damn, he is going to fucking town on that door, man. (laughs) He's getting nowhere. I will say, though, I'm glad that, you know, even though they did a tribute to that scene, they didn't directly, like, take it from, like, Jack Nicholson's, like, portrayal of, I mean, of his kid. Like, he didn't try to be Jack Nicholson. He's like, I'm just going to be just crazy. There's there's no, like, laughing or really weird grinning that he does about it. He just goes yeah, for it. It's not it's not like he knocks a hole in the door and he's like, Here's Joshy. Oh my god, you, you know? stole the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, please say Joshy. <laughs> please say Joshy. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh no, he's just like beating the shit out of this door with a baseball bat and it's pretty sick. I will say that, I will um, say that that Renee is like is totally just on the ball with that scene without even thinking about it. She's like going in every door she can, and then when she gets in that one door and finally stops him, she's like putting up like four or five different layers of protection between him, her, and the children. Just like yeah, Renee Renee sucks. Don't don't glorify that. Way. Hey, she did. She she made she made smart <laughs> decisions. She did because it's a because it's a movie. <laughs> If Renee was a person in real life, she'd be a fucking idiot and she'd be dead already. Yeah, IRL, she blows ass. <laughs> um, so uh, they take refugee in the in the uh, fucking basement where um, Josh decides he's going to try to start going through the wall. <laughs> but uh, Dalton's like, hey, I'm going to go save my pappy. And uh, Mr. Carl, that I don't think he cared about at the moment, he just wanted to go uh, save his dad. He's like, I'm going to go into the further, and I'm going to bring dad back. Dalton's the real My hero of the group, man. My dad's going to beat you up. 
My dad's gonna beat you up. It's like the opposite <laughs> of that. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat your dad up because he fucked my dad up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dalton is the MVP of this movie, which uh, you can, as you can see once again, uh, Foster and Callie basically non-existent once again. Poor Callie. Like, like they could have just. More or less, had those characters not exist, and the movie would have been fine. That's how I feel about Carl. Like, I don't know. Like, he was necessary, but I really hate the idea of Carl. Like, who the fuck brought, brought like, like an 1890s cowboy and put him in regular clothes with his dice and shit? If I roll snake eyes, they'll go away. Damn it. Just kidding. I've been dead the whole time. There's a hole in my side. Yeah, I lost my life in a duel. <laughs> Um, and so he's like, yeah, I'm going to go save dad. And, um, on the other side, you know, in the further, uh, the fantastic trio of, uh, Josh, your best boy, Carl and, uh, Elise herself, they, uh, they go, they go Parker hunting and they're more or less hunting down his mom. And they're like, we're um, we're gonna destroy her, basically, because she's the one pulling the strings. And uh, this is where the very first scene of the movie comes in. And they go and they talk to little boy Josh because they they need to know where the bride in black is that the old lady that is chasing him down. We, they need to know where she comes from. And, uh, you know, Josh is like, hey, you can find him in there. And, like, the door opens and everyone's like, oh my god. Oh, speaking of, uh, young Elise, I don't think they could find an actress that looks so much like Possibly what Lynn Shay would look like when she was yeah, that know, was creepy, wasn't it? 20, 25. yeah. And then I like how they they layered over Lynn Shay. Yes, they layered her voice over it, and you're just like, um, you're just like, yep, that's uh, that's pretty fucking rad. Like I thought they did a good job with that. Um, and so, um. They find they find another red door, like in the first movie. And of course it's like in the basement. And uh they go through it and it turns out it's Parker's house. But like not the decrepit version, the the house in the past. And um they see Parker's mom. Who is, you know, the woman in the white dress? Um, let's see here. Um, she She's throwing a fucking fit uh, about this picture that was drawn by Parker, who is standing in a dress. Yeah, they, they, find, yeah, they find Parker, and, they, and they, he knows that they're there. And he's like, hey, I'm Parker. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a little girl. Look at look at my simple Jack Bowl cut. 
That's what that's yeah. what that is. Dude, I'm a boy. Immediately what I thought <laughs> when I saw his face and hair, I went, Oh my god, it's simple oh, Jack. It's simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have not seen it, go watch Tropic Thunder. Please do yourself a hilarious movie. Anyway. Uh so so uh she's like did you write this name on here? And it says Parker. And she's like, your name's not Parker. Grr. I don't remember what she, what she uh, told him his name was, but it's a girl's name. She's like, that's your name. You're mommy's little girl. I couldn't tell if like, it was Meredith him. or Marianne. Could not. Yeah, it's something like that. And she's like, that's Parker's the dirty name your dad gave you. Your name is Skink. But, uh... it's, better, it's better than the actor that played young Josh. His name is Garrett. That's the name of the actor that played young Josh. What kind of fucking... Who names their kid Garrett? Stop it. Uh, I think that's a... I think that's a pretty common name. I, I actually... I, I was speaking with somebody that knew these two kids in school that were super redneck and they were named Levi and Garrett. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They named their kid after the kid. They're both their kids after Levi Garrett chewed tobacco. That is most possibly the most <laughs> redneck I've ever heard. So I hope that uh, young Garrett Ryan, if he's still young, I mean, he's probably a teenager now. Still young. Cool. Garrett Ryan also has a brother named Levi Ryan. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing. That would be acceptable. I, I don't know if I should be disappointed or applauding these people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's, it's hard but, to know which side to root for. But yeah, they they um, they see her and this whole scene goes down and she notices that they're watching in and she screams and they like shoot back. Fun um, fact, one of my favorite horror movie effects. Definitely very haunted house-like oh, yeah. and it's still cool that that still gets some use. In in uh, this day and age, super happy about that. Oh yeah, go 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 watch the behind the scenes stuff, and you'll see like uh, Lin Shay almost die like thirty times on this like this like uh, trolley that they're pulling them on, and it's it's funny. Um, <laughs> the rock. She's like, oh oh yeah, it was exciting. I almost like fell off like 14 times. Could you imagine the raw tracks before like sound mixing and everything like Just like, oh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> <a pit> wheel. <laughs> guys, guys, do you, do you hear that in the back track? Do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> what's that, what's that tumbling <laughs> sound? Oh, oh yeah, Lin, Lin Shay uh, fell off the trolley and then down a flight of stairs. Also, listen very closely. Turns up the volume. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be hard to mix out. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, put my mark on everything. If I was an actor, <laughs> too many hot pockets. No shit. Um, and so you find out that Parker's been killing all these women because his mom has told him to. Because he's a mama's Fucking boy, mama's he's boy. terrified of his mom, of his mother. She's crazy, and uh, so they find his mom, and uh, her and her and Josh fight. They go fisticuffs. Yeah, see, yeah, they want to fight for the for the spare. Well, see, I'll have you know, 
You disrespected my woman. <laughs> I might have to kill you for it. Uh, and so Elise once again comes comes to the rescue, and she basically is like, "Fuck you, Michelle," which is Parker's mom's name, and she's like, "Boom, I destroy you," and um, and uh, almost uh, immediately on the other side, the possessed Josh, who has now broken into the basement, um. Is is done? Like he he's uh, he's not he's not doing the murderings no more. But I I love the fact that and, he had like a hammer like raised above his head and he was like bludgeoning those kids. Oh yeah, scarred them oh, yeah. for life he for was, sure. He was about to do the dirty. Like it was about. No, Tucker, wait, was, wait, wait. never again. We will talk a scene about dad and two kids and then say do the dirty. We we have to. It's it's called committing murder. <laughs> wait, wait, what's wrong? Dad, dad took his son and did the dirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> they did the dirty this, this, in in the bed. He took him in the bathroom and did the dirty. This, this is how our podcast gets shut down. <laughs> we end up on the front page of Yahoo. Oh God. <laughs> Who? I mean, I mean, okay. Come on, Tanner. You think it, it's as if it's as if I'm referencing pedophilia or something? Like, like, come on. <laughs> like, come on, man. Now, uh, yeah. So he's like prepared to bash their dome, <laughs> and um, and immediately he just stops, and Parker fades away. And uh um, seems will fade away. <laughs> Man, would that that would probably be hell having to listen to that song for the rest of eternity. <laughs> this is my own personal hell. Except it's a fourteen year old with an acoustic that can't quite play the acoustic guitar and singing that song. Yeah. And and it's slightly out of tune. Oh god. Just ever so slightly. By like just a half step on one chair. I can tune by ear. <laughs> and so um Carl and Josh make a run for it through the further they're they they ain't got no fucking clue where they're going, let's be honest. Uh but Q in Dalton, who is like, Dad, I found you. Uh who the fuck this Carl guy? No, uh he's like, Dad, come on this way. I'm I'm saving the fucking day because you know I'm like super kid. And and he's like, Oh Dalton, my boy and he, you know, they come back and uh, they give this moment of like final tension, which I think is pure yeah, is one hundred percent justified. The body of Josh wakes up again, and he's like, "Ah, oh, come here, guys," and. Renee doesn't quite trust that, which this is probably the most sane thing she's done in the entire series. Damn so it, far. Renee. Um, she's like, I, I don't know. Like, you were just like super murdery a few seconds <laughs> ago. But I trust you. It's okay. Come on, Maggie. And he's like, he's like, no, seriously, it's me. Um, by the way, there was um, there was a whole thing. 
that we totally skipped over. Which was? There's a scene where somebody is plucking the piano keys. And, you know, like a ghost. A ghost. And it's freaking out Renee. And then all of a sudden she comes back down. She comes down and Josh comes in there and she's like, someone was playing my song. And, and, and this is when she kind of starts to realize that it's not, not Josh. Because the song that was being played on the piano was her song that she wrote for Josh. And so that's something that Josh would know. And she's like, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just didn't realize. And she's like, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) But, uh, um, right. and, And so anyways, back to where we were, this now makes sense. Josh is like, Hey, it's me. I tried to play your song to show you that it was me. And, and yeah, you know, and that that basically convinces her, and uh, she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it, it is you, it is you, you, use my, use my man, you plucked my song, you plucked my harp, <laughs> and now I have two beautiful <laughs> children." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so they all are back. No one's dead except for you know Elise but uh <laughs> so uh Josh and Dalton once they get back and they're all happy and stuff they're finally like yo Carl we're done with this wipe our minds like get rid of it and so he once again does what Elise did to Josh and suppresses both of their memories so that they can no longer astral project and the spoopies will leave them alone. The spoopies. <laughs> Spoopy boys. Um, and then it cuts to a new scene with Specs and Tucker coming to a house. Um, and the, the family there, they have a daughter. Her name's Allison. And like, she's in like this comatose state. Like she, you know, she's just like laying there or sitting there in this chair like that. And uh, this, um, they're like, hey, we're here to speak with Allison or whatever. I don't remember what they say. And they're like, hey, that's not funny. Get the fuck out of here. And um, the girl, the little girl. <laughs> like the dad just like, oh, ha, ha. Very funny. Yeah, we get it. You've had your fun. <laughs> very funny, guys. I get it. She's a fucking vegetable. Ha ha. <laughs> but no, um, a little girl goes with the dad to answer the door. And she's like, Who, who's the lady behind you guys? And there, yeah. And it, it's Elise. Oh, this hot her, dog her, pepperoni and cheese. Thank you for asking. Her, her, <laughs> her spoop, her spoop form. Is uh, is standing behind Tucker and Specs, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna go talk to Allison." And she like shoves past everyone, and um, and so she goes and talks to Allison, and basically is doing the same thing over again. And it, she looks over into the corner of the room. Here's like 
this creaky, cracky, like wood splintering sound that sounds pretty fucking familiar from the first movie. Um, if you recall, the lipstick demon, when he outstretches his hand to point at Dalton's body, uh, you talking about Darth Maul, dude? As you're talking about, okay. yeah, yeah, it's the same sound that his arm and hands make it's like this yeah it sounds like wood like splintering and creaking and she gasps because she clearly sees something there in the shadows see i never noticed that that. well you didn't notice what i i I, it's been a while since i've seen the first insidious i never noticed that that was the sound that 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 was that the lipstick demon made the Darth Maul made. Yeah, which I don't know if that was supposed to be like, hey, the lipstick demon's back, or if it's just to say like, there's another demon. Oh, excuse me. Hmm. But um, but that's the sound that they used. Dun dun dun. And she gasps and says, "Oh my gasps, god!" And it. And that's the end of the movie. Okay. Awesome. So we, we've gone through the entire synopsis of the movie. Tucker. Yeah. What was your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene would probably be when Josh and Carl fight. Because it's like old man fight. And it, <laughs> I find it amusing, and then and then to watch Specs and Tucker get spanked, that's pretty 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 fucking amusing. Uh, how about yourself, sir? I was actually tied between two scenes that coincide together. Um, mm-hmm. One being when, uh, hold on, I forget her name. When uh, when Renee sees Parker's mom. The the the, the mm-hmm. bride and wife for the first time, super duper creepy scene. But, uh, okay, you you're talking about the scene when she's like cleaning up, yeah. and and Parker's mom is sitting on the couch, yeah. facing away from her. Yeah, that one. Uh, that's it. Was, first of all, very well shot. Whole movie's well shot. Oh yeah, cinematography. But that and if if uh, I mean if you the scene is very like defined like on sites like YouTube. Um, business called that how, uh, how dare you scene where she's just she's yeah. just terrorizing the shit out of Renee and Renee's all alone so, I mean this is this is pretty like fucked up she's already seen some pretty fucked up shit but now she's like oh this is really new and this is something I've never seen yeah. before and it just fucking bitch slaps her first of all that is a, that that's like top 10 bitch slaps in movies of all time wasn't that wasn't that one scene right there gets the shit slapped out of yeah her. I could definitely agree with that that's a that's one big for real, side. but that, uh, that but it's also it ties in with the scene where they find Parker, and then that uh, you know as as a, a little boy girl simple Jack, and then she says yeah. how she says how dare you and it's like I don't know I I really dig movies like this, so I mean that was definitely I love origin stories and I thought that that, that scene was definitely like I love when they finally explain the motives behind a killer it gives us so much more depth to both movies. Yeah, and uh, what I like about that scene is it kind of shows one of the um, one of the tropes 
of um, ghosts and stuff is that normally they're on uh, what do they call it? They're basically on a loop. You know, of doing like the same thing before they died or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, she kind of like tiptoes into that whole loop thing where, you know, she told her son, how dare you? And then bitch slapped the shit out of him. And then she says the same thing to Renee. She's like, how dare you? And then floors her with a, with a pop. <laughs> That's a good ass. He really floors her, dude. That was gnarly. Um, but let's be honest, my two favorite scenes are when she gets floored, but not because she got slapped, but because she smashed through a fucking table. Chris Farley style. And then, and then when, uh, Patrick Wilson is choking the shit out of her. Man, you really hate Renee, don't you? <laughs> you really, I fucking you really don't. Like, like, we're bordering on, like, some domestic abuse, <laughs> like, Shit. Well, like, a lot of this shit doesn't make sense for this fucking character, and it bothers me. It's fair. Like, all of the things that, like, push her don't make any fucking sense. Like, in the first movie, like, ooh, your, your sheet music ended up in the attic. Like, who fucking cares? One of the movers could have put it up there, for all you know. Like, She's like, ah, oh, where's, where's my sheet music? And then later they go up into the attic and she's like glaring at the box in the corner. And she's like, there it is. As in like, that's the most horrifying thing she's ever seen. <laughs> and you're just like, no, you stupid cunt. Like one of the movers probably brought it up there or hell, your husband could have brought it up there and just forgot. I mean, if my girlfriend doesn't remind me what I said 10 minutes ago, I'd probably forget it. Shout out to Sam. That's a lot. Probably do. Yeah, I love you, boo. Uh, Yeah, like, men are fucking retards. Like, we'd probably forget our own asses if they were. I can't can't forget mine. There's too many memories that are, like, bad memories are attached with my ass. Yeah? Yeah, you're getting your... your, uh, Log cutter tongue punch or something. If you don't eat ass, you grow up. You grow the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got our, we got our favorite scenes out of the way. Uh, uh, so casting basically goes the same as um as the first movie because the only real addition was Carl, and uh, I think the casting. Oh, yeah? You dead? Did you fucking die over there? You talking to me? Yeah. I just, I just dropped something. It's it's cool. That was fucking I th- loud. I think I'll live. <laughs> it's alright. Just ignore yeah, it. Yeah, it's just things moving. <laughs> if you, It didn't happen if you didn't bring attention <laughs> to it. <laughs> just don't look at it. Uh, casting basically the same. I think uh, everyone played their roles great. Even Rose Byrne as Renee. You did a really good Renee, even though the character is gay and dumb. <laughs> Your uh, mom gay, true. <laughs> you mom gay. But no, um, I think everyone did a fantastic job doing what they were supposed to do. I think the script was on point. 
the cinematography in this movie is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely, especially the way the um, colors contrasted in this one. I mean, the first one was basically all red, oh, yeah. but they had lots of like deep, rich blues in some of the cinematography that were just like you can eat yeah. that shit, you can taste it. Um, special effects and makeup in this movie, I them scene by scene showing um, Patrick Wilson slowly deteriorate. They did a fantastic job. By the end, by the, well, by the time he's like fighting everyone and stuff, the dude looks like he's dying. He legitimately looks like, um, like like his kidneys have failed and shit like that. Like he, um, they really made him look like he was a corpse. Yeah, for sure. And not and not and not in the the cheeky horror. B-rate film fashion like a zombie. No, he literally looks like he's dying. Which is, I mean, yeah, they did a fantastic job for sure. Um, yeah. I Okay, I will have to say that I, I did notice something uh, about this movie that actually has me excited for another movie. Uh, I noticed that the story was done by a, a man named James Wan, who if you guys yeah. are comic book fans out there, he's directing the new Aquaman film. And he just did the story for insidious yep. too and so i'm i'm i, I have to say I, i'm pretty excited to see aquaman now because the story was just great i think it was a very you know sequels can i mean like i said before be pretty shit but this one yeah. took it in, in a new direction that gave the whole this the whole series a whole new depth and gave it lore lores is so important if you're gonna have a series like yeah and they um he seems to have uh crossed all his T's and dotted all his I's on this one. Um, everyone got their own bit of backstory and it wasn't just um, it wasn't just them telling you stories. It was scenes unfolded revealing backstory and everyone got their own bit and the way it was portrayed was in a very very um, artistic form, you know. It wasn't just here. Let me spoon feed you backstory. You know. Can I spoon you? Only if you give me maraschino cherries. <laughs> what about black cherries, like with bits in them? Go fuck yourself, David. Um. But no. Um. The music is pretty good. Uh, 42 violins are back to do the title cards. Um, Yeah, uh, Tanner, if you don't remember in the first episode, um, I was reading some trivia and the title card, Insidious, when they show it, and it's like, they used 42 violinists to play that. Good lord. Yeah, that's a fucking lot. That seems excessive. But yet not excessive. Oh, I was gonna say, but clearly it got the point across, didn't it? I will say about the music the, the the lack of Tiny Tim made my heart sad. I th- I thought that the Tiny Tim was a, was a very weird kind of like avant garde choice from the first uh, movie because Tiny Tim's creepy already. Like I don't know if, if for those of you yeah. who don't know who Tiny Tim is, he was a musician that in the the late eighties, early nineties that was like ten feet tall. Totally exaggerating here. Had like 
fingers the size of tree limbs, but he held this really tiny ukulele and sang in a falsetto voice. Oh, and he wore suits that didn't fit. Yeah, that, that, that were too big for him <laughs> somehow. Riddle me that, Batman. But yeah, I... I they were too, they it, it, they were too big, but the pants were too short. Yeah, very very very. Uh, he looked like <laughs> if, if like Tim Burton and the the lead singer for the Cure like like had a baby that that wasn't quite right, <laughs> but but yeah. got some musical talent from the guy from the Cure. He's like, well, I can't teach you guitar, but we'll give you ukulele. Here's it. Here's a ukulele. Yeah. But anyway, that that was probably my only beef with this movie that's just a personal choice it's not a, not enough tiny tim or darth maul because you know star wars yeah um i think that's one thing a lot of people were hoping for from insidious chapter two was to do more touching on of the lipstick demon um i would have really enjoyed them diving into like that demon and like his past and things like that but you know they went a different route not necessarily a bad route but that was one thing i was kind of hoping for or at least one of the next movies you know the 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 next installments to come i wish would have been um stories on the lipstick demon but i don't know Maybe maybe James Wan didn't uh, didn't deem it important enough. Hmm. Maybe the next movie. I haven't seen Chapter Three yet, so I mean, hopefully that cliffhanger ending will, you know, come up something. Okay, Tucker. Yes, sir. Let's let's rate this bitch out of ten Tiny Tim albums. What would you rate this movie? Uh, I'd give it. I'd give it a. I'd give it seven and a half tiny Tim albums. Just the half being a forty-five, not a full LP. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And one side scratched yeah. up. The B the B side <laughs> is just him screeching. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I said, it 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 gets over five. Because of, because of you know the, the returning cast, he didn't have to you know muddy up the waters with some other actor that wasn't in the first film, um, and the cinematography was gorgeous. Oh yeah, um, the score was on point, but there were a few things that you know you just kind of. As you watch it, like the, it's hard to explain, but as you watch it, there are small points where you're just kind of like left wanting. Yeah, and that's and that's not a feeling that I like having when I watch a film. But it was very, very, very minuscule. There were only like two points in the movie, but then immediately I was satiated. Um, so like. That's why I give it seven and a half instead of maybe eight or eight and a half. Uh, so, Tanner. Yes. One out of ten abusive mothers. <laughs> what would you give it? Uh, I'm going to go and say uh, full on eight. Eight abusive mothers. It's 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 pretty uh, pretty traumatizing. 
I will say, I will say, I also <laughs> would would have had ten, but no tiny Tim. One abusive mother, you know, gets her kids taken away, and then, uh, I will say, you know, just just you know all the little nitpicks. It's not a perfect movie, you know. It, it's just that you know it probably could have been edited a little better. Score was pretty good. Cinematography was great for sure. Returning cast was good. Oh yeah, that's the other one I want to take away for Carl. Fucking hate that guy. They shouldn't have made him. Shouldn't have made him <laughs> such a such a weird, shoddy old man. So taking away an abusive mother for that. So eight solid eight out of ten. Dude, hey, you know what? The guy who plays Carl, he look he looks like a dude that would run. Um, you remember? You remember those that that game store that was here, uh, here in town a while back, uh, a long time ago? It's called Eccentrics. Oh my gosh! The guy that got arrested for murder. Yeah. Yeah, like he—he he looks like he would run one of those stores. Fun fact: the, the, a guy that shot a commercial for that was actually like in a few like big movies. I don't remember his name, but he was—he uh, was in a movie called Angels in the Outfield, which was a Disney movie, um, stuff like that. But yeah, I do remember that guy. Hey. I know exactly what you're talking about. For those of you who don't know, except we we uh, we grew up in Joplin, Missouri, which is where the podcast is based out of, and Eccentrics was. A very weird buy sell trade place where I mean this guy had it was basically you know your one stop destination for used video games, you know uh, trading cards if that's your thing, books things like that, and it was really weird. So I will say Carl did run that store. If you can imagine, if a store was run by <laughs> Carl, that was it. But we loved it. It's unfortunate the guy had to do whatever he did. I'm not really sure whatever came of that. Yeah, all I remember is that he was on trial for murder, and uh, I was upset when they took the UFO down. Oh, man. Missed that UFO. Landmark. Yeah, there used to be a huge UFO out there, but uh, that that was, like, basically uh, the sign for eccentrics. Uh, but no, um, so we've rated the movie. We've discussed the movie. We have thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Now, um, Tanner, uh, you want to go ahead and give uh, give some shout outs? Uh, yes, uh, for those of you who like this podcast, like you don't like to talk to that thing in detail, uh, there is another friend of ours, one who does like horror movies, and we hope to have on the show soon. They brighten showers. Um, we, him and I, are working on another podcast, kind of like it might be a sister show to this, same type of format. We're going to be talking about a movie. Uh, probably a few books as well, actually, because it's going to be superhero based. We're called Vapes and Capes. Uh, basically, we're going to um, we're going to talk about all things geek, uh, and sometimes you know there may be a mashup episode when we have maybe movies like uh, Alien or Predator, where the sci-fi kind of meets the horror genre, things like that. So we're really excited. We're starting to work on it right now, kind of getting the blueprints in the works. So hopefully, we'll have the first episode to you by the end of September. So if you like us. Uh, you know, go ahead and give that check, give that a, uh, give that a listen when we come out with it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited, uh, excited for it for sure. And we will definitely keep you guys updated on when that releases. So you get a little more out of, uh, out of your podcasting experience. You can listen to Beers and Fears and then tune straight over to Vapes and Capes. And that'll be, it'll be very exciting. We'll keep you guys updated on when that is to drop. Um, if you guys have any recommendations, suggestions, concerns, um, 
any bitching, any complaining. Um, if you have any money, <laughs> if you have uh, sandwiches, if you have alcohol, yeah, you can send it all to our Gmail, which is beers and fears podcast at gmail.com. Um, spelled just like the just like the podcast itself. Or if you're not into the whole email thing, kind of move yeah, past we, that. We get you it. Know, we're kind of stepping into a new generation. Um, we also have a Facebook page that you can go like. Just type in Beers and Fears. You'll see the title card. Uh, the profile picture is the same as the title card for our podcast. You'll know that that's us. You can come join the fun. We have giveaways. We have posting. We have all the good stuff that you can get on a Facebook page. And uh, you can join. It's free. All you got to do is hit that request button. And I'll link you in real quick. You can get a hold of me and Tanner anytime. Uh, Almost immediately. We try to keep really up to date on that. Uh, We try to constantly um, keep up on messages and, and, and things of that sort comments um, sometimes we do polls there sometimes we take suggestions for the podcast and please tell us what you think of Insidious too. go 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 to our page and, and like drop drop a link of what you guys thought of the movie and we'll have a quick discussion about it oh yeah uh, I'll, I'll definitely make a thread an official thread for everyone to comment on please don't start your own threads uh, it, it'll it'll muddy up the waters real quick. So just go ahead and look for the Insidious Two thread, and then plug your comment in there. Don't don't uh, yeah don't start your own thread. Good good points out here. Yeah yeah please Tanner, <laughs> you you you're, you're fucking killing me. This is here. why you're the co-host. Uh, <laughs> this is why you're the co-host. I'm assistant to the regional uh, co-host. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. You know I don't give a shit what the handle is. So you can find it yourself. Uh, it's probably something like Beers and Fears Podcast. Don't know. Look for it. You'll find Could it. Be. It's maybe, there. maybe not. Don't I I'm not fucking lying to you guys. I do not know. Yeah, me neither. I have not enough fucking but, idea. <laughs> but I think that wraps it up for today. Uh Tanner, thank you for uh sharing my your pleasure. Time. Yeah. We will see you guys on the next episode. Cheers. Bye.